The Total Financial Hour is brought to you by Total Financial Solutions. Welcome to the Total Financial Hour. You're listening to me, Eric Hallaby, your host on AM870, The Answer. Thanks for staying with us this hour of the program. If you heard the lead-in from Michael Medved, uh, yes, we do represent Bigfoot. We are here on his behalf or her behalf. You know, I don't know why there's such a uh, sexist approach to Bigfoot because, I don't know, what would you, what would you say, Bigfooty? What's the, what's the female version of Bigfoot? I don't know. Oh, gosh, folks. It doesn't seem like the craziness ends, does it? I mean, every time you turn around, uh, what's up is down, what's left is right, and what's right is wrong. It's a very weird thing. If you would have talked uh, historically, I don't know, three years ago in ancient history, five years ago, you would have seen somebody like, oh, um, that far conservative right guy named Barack Obama would have been saying the same things that somebody like this this radical Donald Trump, the exact same things. And that, that crazy right winger, Chuck Schumer, was, would be saying the same things as uh, the conservatives today. It's, it's very weird. I, mean, I don't know where it comes from, but uh, I don't know. I think you still have to take care of yourself. We're gender, gender neutral. Bigfoot is our new gender neutral. <laughs> new general, gender neutral. See, I can't even say it. It's not even real to me. All right. What are we talking about today? We're going to talk about 401ks. You know, a lot of you uh, have retirement plans at work. And often in today's economy, we, we want to thank the, the wave of policies, procedures, uh, tax breaks, things that are put in place that are encouraging uh, companies to hire. It's funny. I hear the craziness. And there's lots of reasons why conservatives could be uh, you know, wrong and, and liberals right. I get it. Forget all that mess. Let's just look at facts, right and wrong, up and down. Then you'll have intellectual integrity. right? You could say that blue is better than green. I'm okay with that. But just don't call it red. right? Don't, don't say something that isn't accurate because then you lose intellectual integrity when you're trying to honestly look at a situation. And here's a good example. Unemployment is at near record lows across this country. Next step, next phase, maybe it's three months, maybe it's six months, but wages will start to increase. Now, some companies are willing to play along and some aren't. So what do you do? You say, hey, listen, I'm going to go find a job across the street because they're going to pay me more money. Now, when that happens, you can and will most likely take your retirement account with you. But when should you leave it behind? When should you say, you know, I'm going to roll it over to an IRA or when, I'm not going, or when am I going to uh, leave it there? When am I going to take the cash and run, right? There's different things you can do. So we want to get into that because I think that's important for a lot of you, especially if you either stopped working and you left a 401k back at work or you are somebody who is changing jobs. Uh, maybe you thought you were going to retire. A lot of people in 2008, 2009, 2010 even had to go on to Social Security at 62, 63 years old, even though that wasn't part of their plan, simply because they couldn't find a, a job. They'd run out of unemployment. Nobody wanted to hire. The, the regulatory world was getting worse. Taxes were getting worse. So companies said, we're going to hold off on, on this. So folks that were regularly employable in a normal economy weren't. They changed. So when that took place, 
Folks just pulled the pin and said, that's it. I'm going to retire at 63 years old. It's not what I had planned for. My Social Security is a lot less than I had originally anticipated. And so they started drawing from their retirement accounts a lot earlier than they thought. And when the market's at record lows or pretty darn close to it. And so what you have is you're selling more shares to get the same dollars because you sell you spend dollars at the grocery store, not shares. So don't fall for the the brokerage world that tries to tell you, oh, it's only a paper loss. Well, then you better only call it a paper gain, right? You don't get to take credit when the market goes up and say, look what I did, uh, Mr. Jones. I want you to, you know, our our uh, uh, regulatory proprietary optional trading method where we look at the averages of the st- Really? Then you better take credit or what we call blame when the market goes down. When I lose 20% of my account, Broker Johnson, you better sit, figure out why and keep it from happening. Or you know what? Better yet, give me a call when I only lost 6% and say, maybe you should get out. Give me a call when I lost 12. I don't know. Why wait till it's 20 or 30 before I have to call you? I'm going to give you some warning signs on some of the brokers, some things just to watch out for. And there's reasons. There's human nature involved, too, because you can't forget that we're all human and and that human nature component of wanting to be liked, of being afraid to make a mistake, of wanting to not deliver bad news. You know, who who enjoys that? So there's lots of reasons why your brokers or brokerage team or firm might turn around and say things like, oh, well, you know, it's overall the market is is always going to go up. Why? Because it's good news. All right, so here's what I need you to do. Think about it this way. When you are working for an employer, we're going to get a little bit of background. I know some of you, this is going to be super basic, but I want to make sure all of us are on the same page. When you are working for an employer and the employer has a sponsored plan, meaning they're the ones that open the plan, it's up to them to start it, then here's what they do. The plan is often, if you work for a for-profit company, it's called a 401k. You know, most likely a 401k. What that means is, If you go to the IRS section of 401, subsection K, it says if you work for a for-profit company, you're allowed to put money into a retirement account. That's what it says. Simple enough, right? So don't think it's something where, you know, it's that dramatic or that sneaky or tricky. It's not. It's a simple thing. It's just where it's found in the IRS code. All right. Next, if you work for a school district, hospital, research facility, or a nonprofit, yours is called a 403B. Where is that found in the IRS code? 403, subsection B. Now, here's what's important. In both of those scenarios, you've got to realize, you know, the 401k was started first. That's why it's closer to zero. 403B was started later. If you work for a city, state, county agency, yours is called a 457 or deferred compensation. If you work for Los Angeles County, it's called Horizons. Okay, so you'll see it called different, has little trademark names, et cetera. It's simple enough. They all act the same. You go to work, you make 50000 a year, you put 5000 off to the side. Today, you pay taxes on forty-five. The money that sits in that retirement account, that 5000 and any other dollars you add, any matching, any interest, when you retire, where you retire, those dollars are paid to you, but you have to pay taxes on them. You're not paying taxes, it grows. It's not subject to taxation. But where you live, where you retire, those dollars are subject to taxes at whatever tax bracket you're in. Now, you can expect the state of California sees massive amounts of dollars in those accounts because under uh, President Obama was the first time in the history of retirement accounts 
that by executive order he required every single retirement account held in the United States to report the balance to the federal government. Now you might say, well, I thought it, that, no, no, no. The contribution was reported before and the balance at age 70 and a half. Those two things were reported. But in between, you could have $2 million, $10 million, $5, $30, it didn't matter. So what took place was, if you guys remember, obviously I do because it's my industry, just like you would remember something that's, that's important to you. I remember President Obama was giving a speech. They were testing the waters. And he said, I don't know who needs more than $3 million in their retirement account. Who needs more than $3 million? That's a, that's a rare thing. Who needs that? As if, right? You're like, oh my gosh, why not $4 million? Why not $1 million? Why not $2 million? Why did he come up with three? That is true dictatorship. If you don't understand, it, it's like me punching you in the arm and saying, stop hitting me. Remember your kids in the back seat of the station wagon driving down the, the five freeway? No seatbelts on? And the little boy hits the little girl and says, Mommy, she hit me. And you go, wait a second. I thought you just, no, no. That's exactly what's happening. The left is pulling all of these crazy uh, dictatorial, regulatory stuff and saying, uh, you know, we are now, we are now the party of choice. Like, yeah, okay, well, except for those three areas, but you know, otherwise. <laughs> so this is important. You understand this because you can't listen to what they say. That's one of the refreshing things, like it or not. And sometimes I don't like it or not. That's one of those refreshing things that, that Donald Trump does. You know what he's thinking. And you kind of can say, you know, I, I believe him. Now he might change his mind tomorrow like you and I. No question about that. But you still have no choice but to say, at least I know what he's saying. And the moment you start thinking about this, remember this. If you like your plan, you can keep your plan. Either he had dishonest advisors or truthful advisors that were telling him things and he chose to be dishonest. Or either everybody along the way was incompetent. There aren't a lot of choices. There aren't a lot of, oh, shucks, nobody told me. No, no. Me and many other people, I've been running radio shows for 14 years. Me and many other people were saying, folks, it will hurt, especially retirees. You make a little bit of money in retirement, poof, surprise. So hopefully they fix that because that's a big impact on your retirement account. Give me a call at 888-99-RETIRE, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-RETIRE. 3847 if you have a question. All right. As we continue, retirement accounts, you're re when you leave your employer, there's a lot of variables that decide whether or not you can take it with you, how much, what the employer's job is, what you're allowed to do. So number one variable is, is there more than $1,000 in the account? Now, simple enough. It usually means you just started the account or you left, uh, you know, started putting money in, took some big risk. Maybe you lost some money. Maybe you borrowed some. Whatever the case is, if your account is less than $1,000, your employer is allowed to just automatically cash it out, send you a check, period, bye-bye. So whether or not you like it, it's a, it is a taxable event. And penalties. If you are less than 59 and a half, you can and will most likely. There's some variables that keeps you from paying it. But usually you're going to pay a penalty. You'll always pay taxes if it's a retirement account like a 401k, but you might also pay a penalty, 10%. But if your account is between 1000 and 5000 most employers will give you a window. They'll say, you can roll this over. It will give you 60 days. We'll give you three months. 
then you can take the money in. And if they don't hear from you, because the administration for them costs money. They have to pay, I don't know, $25 a, a quarter, $50 a year. They have to pay a percentage. So there's, there's dollars per employee, per assets, et cetera. So they don't want you on their books if they can keep you, if they can get rid of you. If there are mutual funds affiliated with 401k plans, often they can waive fees. But here's what's important. You will find, at least it's been this way, you know, in the 22 years I've been doing this, you will find that many of the employer 401ks, the plans themselves, have so-so, half-decent, not-so-great um, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, the funds, inside of them. Because when people are not, by their own volition, selecting these accounts through their broker, the money managers have a, a fee schedule that they have to hit. They have targets. And if they don't reach those limits, those targets, then they go to the 401k plan providers and they say, hey, listen, Fidelity or Vanguard, we have these so-so mutual funds. Just put them in there if you would. And then people by default will go 20%, 20, 20, 20, 20. And because there's only 10 or 12 or 15 in many different, different choices in many different funds, right? Maybe there's, I don't know, two-thirds of the plans I see have less than a dozen choices. And in those, if they can make two or three or four of them, the ones that are needing in need of funds, well then, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's not the best choice to stay behind in, in that account. But set that aside for a second. Just know that in some cases, if the employer is paying for the plan and all of the fees, it might make sense on, just on the fee schedule-wise to keep your money there, all right? Sometimes it makes sense. But most importantly, you have to look at not just the performance, but the fees. And there are hidden fees. Before 2008, a lot of the companies that we had seen, they were paying the fees. After 2008, when the balances were reduced and the 401k plan companies would come and say, hey, listen, there isn't a million dollars in this plan anymore. There isn't $10 million in this plan anymore. And that's the cutoff. So we have to raise the fees because you understand that these big brokerage firms, they have expenses and they built their expenses. They have 25-year leases on their buildings. And when the, the plan's uh, dollars, when they reduce in value, they're going to make less money. Now, they might lay off a couple people, but they can't lay off everybody. So they raise fees. That's why today, what used to be a 1% brokerage fee for the Raymond James and the Merrill Lynch's and the Morgan Stanley's, right? It used to be 1%, 1%, 1%, plus whatever internal you know, mutual fee, fund fees, maybe 0.17 or 0.25, whatever. Today, 1% isn't 1% anymore. We have record high in the market. And that means the average balance, believe it or not, is higher than it ever has been. Then why is it that those brokerage companies, why is your broker charging one and a quarter, 1.5? I saw one the other day, 1.7. And that was for mutual funds where the, the broker just puts the money in and goes fishing. You understand that they're not buying, selling. Let's do research. Uh, we just sent a team out to Singapore to check if the mine is real. They're not doing that. They're busy golfing and having lunches and sitting on boards. They're not bad people. But I don't know what you're paying for. Because you used to pay 1%. Now you're paying one and a quarter or one and a half. So why? I always tell you, listen... If you're going to make me 
$10,000, I will give you a thousand. I'll shoot. I'll give you 20,000. I mean, a 2000, I'll give you two, I'll give you 20%. Maybe even 20, you make me $10,000. I'll give you 3000. That's a deal, right? But don't charge me a fee when you lose my money. Don't make me 2000 and you make 2000. I'll tell you a story about a client this week. Oh my gosh. Every week, it seems like I may have to use a story from old, from days old. No, no, these are, these are three, four, five days old. And, and the guy was sitting in my office. He said, Eric, uh, I'm pulling out $2,500 a month to live on. I said, great. What's your fees? He says, I don't know. So we called up the company, fill out a little form. It's not me making things up. Call up the company. We look at the, the forms. Uh, I mean, look at the fees. His fees were $1,800 a month. He's pulling out 2500 The broker, broker's pulling out 1800 And sometimes we could do a little quick check on the broker. We get an idea the broker's in his early 40s. When I looked at this person who was in their late 60s, I said, do you understand the broker was in elementary school when you first started saving? And for some reason, he thinks that he's entitled to almost as much as you take out every month. You worked for the money. Now, listen, broker, if you're going to make me money, you can take a piece off the top. I'm okay with that. Right? I have a, a million dollars in the account. You make me $100,000. i will give you 20000 I think that's a fair deal. But don't. I worked for that million. You didn't do anything to make the million. I did. Why, why broker, are you charging the fees? Right? So the 401k plans are the same thing. That's why I want you to be careful. Okay. If your account is more than $5,000 in your employer-sponsored plan, you have to decide whether to leave your money behind or take it with you. So consider this. You generally are going to have a very low fee if it stays with the 401k plan. So if you're going to go, if you say, oh, I like those choices there, and I like these choices outside of the, you, if you're going to buy the exact same choices in and out, then stay with inside the 401k plan because normally you're going to pay a lot less money, a lot less fees, a lot less expenses. It's pretty good. The benefits of having a retirement plan at work where you're still employed is if it's an emergency, you can borrow from it. It doesn't even have to be an emergency, but you can borrow from it up to 50% or 50,000. That's pretty much the same across all of those employer plans. So that's a, that's a benefit, but you have to be employed there. The second benefit is you're allowed to defer. You're allowed to put in a lot of money and the company matches it. So you get free money. If someone's giving you free money, take it. I mean, as long as everything else is ethical and you don't have to do a whole lot. Hey, you know, give me, put it in. If your employer is going to give you a matching, that's important. But if you, you don't like the choices inside of there or they're expensive for what they are, then consider moving it outside. If you are nearing retirement, 55 years old, 54, 55, and you are going to leave and not go back to work, right? You, that you're going to leave. That's part of your retirement. If you have a 401k plan and the rest of the rules are changing, if you work for an, the federal government, it's called a thrift savings plan. Uh, a law was passed last November of 2017. So they're supposed to make changes. The changes are 100% to your benefit as an employee, at least everything that I read. But why is it that they say, well, we have two years to implement it. So they continue to make it difficult or complicated for the uh, employees and instead of changing it, who knows, they'll probably wait one year and 11 months before they change it. 
But what it does is it starts to bring all of the plans in line to where they're all about the same. Because it used to be that 457s had much more different, uh, much different rules, much more restrictions on a 403b, and everything kind of was muddled, and you had to know the differences. But today they're starting to kind of blend them as far as the rules and make it better for you. The saver should not be the one who's punished. And if an employer doesn't want to put money into it, then you should still be able to. What's the what's the challenge, right? I'll tell you, my you know, if Arif was financial king for a day, I would do two things. I would say you would be allowed to put in, I don't know, $50,000 per year in your IRA, Roth or traditional. And if, you're, if you worked for an employer, there is no difference. Your employer can match that money, but you are allowed to decide where it goes. You are allowed to decide what custodian. You are allowed to decide. So the employer just says, hey, uh, Joe, you've been working for me for uh, you know six months, one year. Where do I put the money? You say, oh, I have a plan over here. I've chosen this kind of investment or this type of a risk. That's, if I was king for a day, that, that's where the, and then the employer would send it out. They would not be in the bid, business of managing it. You tell me, what, your, what the daylights does your employer know who makes widgets, owns a gardening company, JPL, the county? What do they know about financial anything? You already made a mistake as, as a society trusting them with your health insurance. Really? Folks, it's Disney. It's Warner Brothers. What do they know about health insurance? They're wonderful. My gosh, they make me, you know, I, I'm very entertained by them. But someday you decided that your employer was supposed to, listen, you're supposed to take care of me from cradle to grave. Uh, when I have a plumbing backup, I need to call HR and have them send somebody right over. <laughs> what? You wouldn't do that. Somehow you gave up the responsibility for your health insurance. And then we got the government involved. And now you want to get them, you know, even more deeper involved in your retirement. How about you just take care of what's right for you and your family? Now, look, when you were ignorant, when you were uneducated, when you were on the farm and you had no idea what a book looked like except for the Bible and maybe two others. Fine. Fine. Come, little sheep. Let's walk this way. But when the day comes... And today you have everything about everything. You know everything. You can find out anything. You can build a nuclear reactor. You can uh, learn quantum physics. You can learn to speak French in 16 easy lessons. You can do that on your hip or your purse or in a laptop. So information is no longer for those people over there, for the rich, for for the smart people, for the connected, for those with that last name that look like that, that's that light or dark. It's not for them anymore. The society that's set up when things were extremely unequal, my goodness, make 40000 a year and see how much free stuff you get. Right? Between healthcare and CHIP and SCIF and HIP and all those little food programs and you get free this, right? Go to a liquor store, you'll see, we accept whatever, you know, WICIF, Right? And then those people come in and you, you trade it for the guy who's trying to buy booze and go to any of these places. It, it's not difficult. Hi, sir. Can, it's a $50 card. Can you give me you know, $40 for it? All right. Thanks. 20% interest. I'll take it. People do that. So you've got to keep in mind, your retirement account is your responsibility. It is not your employer. And it is certainly not the government. They can't manage their own life. 
All right, so be very careful. I want this is important. You've got to do your research. Be careful. So what happens if you choose to retire? You're going to quit. You're going to be done at age 55, between 55 and 59 and a half. Here's what's important. If your money is stay, stays behind in the 401k, you're allowed to take money out of it without paying that 10% penalty and without enacting a rule called 72T. The number is 72T is in Tom. If you want to retire at age 40, pull equal distributions from your retirement account, you won't pay the 10% penalty. It's still taxable. That doesn't change. But you can pull money from your retirement account Retire at age 35, 45, 55, it doesn't matter. But if you're 55 to 59, it may make sense for you, leave, for you to leave some or part of your money in your 401k plan. You're going to check with your CPA, check with your financial advisor, sit down and say, hey guys, gals, well, this is what I'm planning. Should I roll it over? Should I keep it? Now, if you don't need the money in the next five years, if you say, Arif, I've got this money here, I've got rental property there, I've got this, uh, my bills are paid off, I don't need the money. Fine, fine. Then you roll it over. When we come back, we're going to get into some more details. When and why you're thinking to take money out of your IRA or put money in or roll it over or keep it. You might be surprised when you find out. You're listening to me, Arif Hallaby, on the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. Stay with us. If you have a question, give us a call at 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. Stay with us, and we'll be right back on AM870, The Answer. All right, welcome back to the show. We finish up this hour of the program. Thanks for staying with me. My name is Arif Hallaby. You're listening to the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. Thank you guys for sending emails as well. A lot of you today are finding out uh, our email address on, on its own, but let me give it to you as well. You can go to TFS, stands for Total Financial Solutions. So T-F-S, wealth, a lot of money. TFSWealth.com. Simple enough, right? TFSWealth.com. That's us. 2012, United States Labor Department did a study. I think we're not much different today. I think it's probably going to be even higher, especially because the millennials are entering into the system. Here's the stat. You're going to have 11 jobs from the age of 18 to age 46. Incredible. After the 2008-2009 collapse, and any time there's a recession... In 2000, 2001, 2002, folks that are in their 50s and 60s that expected to work another five or 10 years, in other words, retire under their schedule, their plan, suddenly that decision is taken from you and you're stuck. You're trying to figure it out. So when we say that there's 11 jobs is what the uh, U.S. Department of Labor is saying, that's a huge number. That means there might be, I don't know, three, four, five, six retirement accounts. So our job at Total Financial Solutions is to help you kind of merge those, simplify, create a plan in the sense that each account has a purpose. You know, we had a gentleman and a lady come to, come to us the other day. They said, Eric, we need a full financial plan. I said, why? They said, well, because we need to know this. I said, well, okay, that's fine, but I don't think you need to know that. They said, what do you mean? It's what we're being told. We've interviewed financial advisors and that's what we're being told. I said, the financial plan is good and now. That's it. Now it's old. Now it doesn't matter anymore. 
because it's going to be built under ideas and expectations of the past up to right now. So the economic situation, just like when you look at the historic of this fund family has done an average of 11%. Well, that's under those economic conditions, that world situation, uh, economically and fiscal speaking, the fiscal policy of the United States, the Treasury Department's rules and Federal Reserve rules on, on monetary distribution, bah, bah, bah. So that's nice that that fund did 11% under those conditions. Nothing says it's going to do that kind of rate of return in the future. Nobody knows that. Right? Maybe it was great yesterday, last year, but this year it may not be. So be very careful when you're looking at your financial life. And if you think you need a financial plan, that's nice. More importantly, I think you need this. It's what brokers will tell you. And listen, when your financial advisor will use the word safety, we put your safe money in California tax-free insured bonds. Great place. Great place. Except the problem was it had a lot of money in Puerto Rico, not California, but you saw the word insured, you saw the word tax-free, and you thought, oh, it must be worth something. Except the problem was a lot, of, a lot of those dollars were in Puerto Rico. Now, Wonderful people. In fact, I love Puerto Rican people, uh, Puerto Rican food, Puerto Rican culture. Love it. Considered you know, maybe having a, a house there someday. I don't know. Friends of mine are Puerto Rican. They love it. But the depth of corruption that that government has, the depth of corruption that that, that, that internal system has, rivals any Middle Eastern or third world country. It rivals the PLO, right? Go to Gaza and look how, how poor those people live and then take a look in France and in Germany, the bank accounts of uh, Yasser Arafat's heirs, a billion plus dollars. And you have people eating dirt on the street. What's the difference between that and Puerto Rico where you have the governors and mayors and, and uh, the politician, local politicians? The bureaucrats of the power company and the son of a gun couldn't even it's not it's not as if it's the size of texas it's just a little island you run a line go across hold this hold on to this hey buddy hold this for a minute all right plug that in how hard is that but the depth of corruption is enormous and your retirement account with these some of these financial guys said we're going to put it we're going to put your safe money choices we're going to put that over there folks there's a problem When their choices for safety, when David's choices for safety, when in Woodbridge Financial, which when brought to me two years ago and many other of my friends, I mean boatloads of my friends, and we all saw it and we said, that looks like a scam, that's a fraud, there's something wrong there. And I don't have to have a hundred initials after my name or go to, you know, uh, famous schools and sit on, uh, you don't have to, it's math. One plus one is two, folks. Let's take a look. Square root, divide by. Eh, it's a scam. Something's wrong. It's a fraud. I don't know. I'm not, not going to go do a forensic audit, but I wouldn't put my client's money there for safety. That's just not what I would do. And somewhere in that formula, David and his crew decided it was a good idea. We've had three now this in the last two weeks that have come to me and said, Eric, one, I lost 50000 One, I lost 250000 You guys... Safety does not mean you could lose your principal. That's not what it means. Anybody's promising you 5 or 6% a year for a one-year deal in today's interest rate environments, 4% a year in today's interest rate environments with a one-year contract, that's it? 
pick up your stuff, pay the tab, and get the heck out of town. Because there's something wrong. And we know that. Our job is numbers and a calculator. Nobody in their right mind should be putting their clients in those things. All right? So I'm, I'm upset because we're getting word of a lot of you guys. And I feel bad for you because you, it, right? You, you trust them. You trusted those people. So be very careful. All right? Here's, a, here's another thing. How, when should you roll over your money? Very simple. You have a new job. You plan on working. And you don't need to borrow it. Like, what? What do you mean? Because here's that rule. You have an old 401k plan at work. They allow you at least one. Some companies allow two. But they allow you to roll over your 401k plan from an old 401k to a new one. And it immediately becomes accessible for the borrowing of 50%. Right? In other words, you can borrow half, borrow 50%, up to 50000 so if you have $100,000 in there, it's $50,000. If you have $50,000 in there, you can only borrow $25,000. If you have $250,000 in your retirement account, you can still only borrow $50,000. So if you think you might want to borrow money from that account, then you want to roll that old 401k to the new 401k. Now make sure you're not going to get any, any matching. Don't think the companies are that generous or that foolish. They're not going to give you matching dollars on moving over a $100,000 old IRA. It doesn't exist. It's only on contributions from your payroll. That's their bit. That's their, uh, the bait. That's their, the tease to keep you working. And so every year, every month we put it in. Okay. So rolling over the big chunk of money there, there isn't a, a matching. However, if you think you're not going to need these monies, if you don't think you're going to need the funds to live on, then you are allowed, then you should consider rolling it out to an IRA. Here's why. Because if the dollars are sitting behind in the 401k, it just goes, we're rich, we're poor. It went up, it went down. I made some money, lost some money. What that means is those funds, those dollars could be in a, and are subject to paying fees, but you don't get the benefit of the downside. When it's negative, when it's down, when it's in the, in the tank, if you will, and you're buying more shares, that's a good thing. So if you're consistently buying every quarter, every month, every, every week, then, then a, an account that goes up and down where there's lots of fluctuation could be to your benefit, especially if you have 10, ple- 10 and 10 plus years before you retire, right? If you're saying, oh, I, I have 15 years before I retire, 18 years before I'm going to need this money, great, put it in because Maybe eventually you'll ride it out and you might do okay. If you're adding money, you're buying more shares when the market's down. Good idea. But if it's an old retirement account and your goal is to preserve, to grow with reasonable rates of return, to have some simplicity, to start consolidating, moving retirement accounts in one place so that you are not having, right, 11 jobs, you're not having seven or eight employer-sponsored plans out there where You're trying to keep track of who's what and who's how. The other risk is in any period of time, an employer will change uh, sponsorships. They'll go from, you know, John Hancock to Vanguard, from Fidelity to TIA Craft. They'll they'll move around. When they do that, they have a plan. Change, right? It usually happens towards the end of the year. There's something called a blackout period. Now, what does that mean? It means for usually between three weeks, I've seen it as long as two months because they've had problems, you can't buy, sell, make a change, 
invest this or that or move or take money out or borrow. You can't do any of that for this window of time called the blackout period. So if you are somebody who might need the funds or who is actively involved where you say, oh, I think the economy is going to be doing this or I want to buy or sell this, you can't. The blackout period is frozen. The company, the administrators make some changes. They move the account from one place to another. When they do that, guys, when they do that, you're kind of in limbo. You're just crossing your fingers, making sure and hoping that the market isn't going to go down or that you don't need the funds. And when you roll it out and put it into your own IRA, you want to do a transfer from company to company. Usually your old employer will have forms. Hey, here's a bunch of forms. Bring them to your financial professional. They'll help you fill them out. Right? They'll walk you through the process. We get the company on the phone if there's a question. What do you mean by this box? What do you mean by this You know, here? And then it's filled out properly, sent in, and then the rollover goes from company to company. It's called a rollover. You do not want to do a 60-day rollover, 6-0. Now, in 2015, January, the rules changed. Here's what used to happen. You used to be able to roll over retirement accounts, IRAs, with a 60-day window. From company to company, you can roll it over. People were buying homes, flipping them in Las Vegas and Phoenix, flip, 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 back in. It's 59 days, 59 minutes. The money gets back into your account. Done. No taxes, no penalties, no fees. As long as the money's back in the account. A lot of changes happen when the IRS said, hey, uh, you know, last year, because they're never quick on this stuff, right? They wait a little, little time. They say, hey, you know, last year you took money out of your retirement account and you didn't pay it back. So you owe us this much in taxes and fees and fines. They say, I don't have it. They go, what do you mean you don't have it? Well, it's over there. It's at the house in Phoenix or it's at the house in, uh, in Miami or it's a condo complex in Fort Lauderdale, right? We've heard it all. They go, well, well, it doesn't matter where it is. You owe this much money. So the IRS was, un- was unable to collect an enormous amount of dollars. So they said, all right, that's enough. People can't be trusted to do this 60-day rollover with their IRA money. So instead, we are going to give them one 60-day rollover per year per social security number. It used to be you could do it per account number. So you could have five account numbers, and every 60 days, do a different one. No big deal, right, if you had different accounts. Not anymore. Now these dollars are per social security number. But they do not, I want to repeat this, they do not apply to your company sponsored plan, 403B, 401K, 457 if you work for a city, county, state, or Thrift Savings Plan, TSP, if you work for the federal government. Those are not part of the 60-day rollover. So the changes that took place in 2015, that involves the IRA world, individual retirement accounts. But the employer world, you cannot. So don't make the mistake. Don't say, hey there, just send me a check, I'll pay the taxes later. Uh, if I, but I'm going to get it back in my account. doesn't happen. The moment it leaves that plan is the status of it, meaning if it leaves that plan and goes to your bank account, it's reported, it's income, you're done. There is no 60-day limit. Now, what do people do that might need to borrow this money or need to put it in for just a month or two and then before they have a, like a short-term loan or something? They roll it over. It's now called an IRA whatever their, their financial advisor says, however many days, months, weeks, it has to be there. And then now they can do a 60-day rollover. So do you see it's a two-step process? They could take the money out, 
use it for whatever reason, just get it right back into the IRA, 59 days, 59 minutes, no problem, no taxes, no penalties. So that's an important distinction. Don't make a mistake thinking that an IRA and a 401k with the 60-day rollover rule is the same. All right. Here's another thing. Listen, when you're managing your portfolio, right, when you're managing your financial life, when you're starting to plan for retirement and you want to simplify things, multiple plans out there can have a problem. When you are, are trying to figure out up, down, sideways, but where the biggest problem lies is right here. Now you are somebody who is 70 and a half and you have a 401k, 403b, this 401k, that 401k, two IRAs. The required minimum distribution in your IRAs, if you have six IRAs, you can choose to take all of the required minimum from one account and leave the other five untouched. As long as the dollar figure is the same. In other words, if you have six IRAs and you, you want to keep your money invested over here for a while, you want to keep your money you know, saved over here, that's fine. Try to pull money from that retirement account as long as you're doing it, the number is correct. First year, it's about 3.65% of the balance on December 31st, right? When you're 70 and a half. So that year, 3.65 of that dollar figure, you can take it out. Now, what, what about your employer plan. What if you have a 401k? What if you have a 403b? What if you have six 401ks? You have to take out that percentage from every single account and you lose the flexibility. Okay. So understand that. Now it might not be a big deal, but for some of you, it might be. If you make a mistake and you forget, or you don't take out the proper amount, the IRS has just a small penalty for you. Eh, tiny bit. No big deal. Send me a check. 50, 50 5-0, penalty. You know, a friend of mine used to live in the Midwest, and there's this famous car car dealer, right? He'd say, this is our price. He he did a great accent. I love it. This is our price. And 6% for the governor. (laughs) In other words, the sales tax, right? Except, when we say it this way, it's 50% for Uncle Sam. 50% for Uncle Sam. So don't make the mistake. Don't forget to take it out. You've got to pay attention to the emails. Pay attention. Look, if you're our client, we send you emails, send you letters in the mail, multiple letters in the mail, actually. You get phone calls. I haven't yet, but but don't don't test me because I will. I'll come over to your house and knock on the door at 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning. (laughs) <laughs> to keep you from paying a 50% penalty, I'll do it. Skywrite, I don't know if I'd go that far, but maybe. Maybe I'd get a Skywriter or something. Because that is a huge number, guys. Right? So just pay attention. The letters will come in the mail. And you have to do it from each account, but the IRAs allow you to consolidate and do one, one figure. Roth, R-O-T-H, Roth IRAs, you do not. Right? Roth IRAs, you do not have to take money out of. And the benefit to you, which is pretty important, is if you have a 401k at work, consider the Roth 401k. Now, listen, R-O-T-H. It's just the last name of the senator who had this idea, or, or at least they put his name on the sponsoring the plan back in, in the 90s. It said, hey, let's collect the tax money now, guys. That'll help our numbers. Then we can spend more money. 
And, and how we're going to sell it to these people is we're going to say, now you put those dollars in the retirement account and you'll never have to pay taxes on the interest again. One of the last budgets that President Obama set before Congress was to no longer allow the Roth IRAs to be tax deferred. His goal was to tax the Roth IRA money, the, the thousands of dollars that you were there. If you don't think there's a difference between the far left and the, the center or the far left and the Republican Party folks, listen, you might think they're all heels. You might think they're all son of a guns. I get it. But truly the difference, because I look at the numbers, truly the difference is one, President Obama thought you shouldn't have more than $3 million in your retirement account. Use the word need. Who needs that? Well, I don't know. Ask Hillary who has $500 million or whatever she's worth. And by the way, just so you know, President Obama is worth, uh, I think at least, my last numbers, at least five times that number. So have some integrity, sir. Write a check. I don't care what charity you give it to. You can give it to the state or the federal government. But isn't it interesting that his home, his residence, is in a place where taxes are lower? His official residence, folks, is not in the highest tax state in the country. They pass these laws. The politicians pass the laws, make them apply to you, and then they leave. Never mind. See ya. Ask Kevin DeLeon, folks. Listen, I'm sure he's a nice person, but you want to take this to the far left, somebody with pure political aspirations to take a socialist agenda and make it even more socialist if you can't even do that? You're going to have to vote. You're going to, or just leave, right? If a lot of us have given up, you guys are, hey, you know what? Never mind. I'm out of here. All right, leave. If you think it's over, it's over. But maybe it isn't. Maybe there's still hope. Because my opinion is the only way for California to save itself, their only way, I think we have passed the line, is to completely collapse the pension system. Now, I don't mean like all the dollars are distributed. I mean collapse as in, I know that we committed to you 4000 a month. Not going to happen. The only way is to collapse the pension system, to tax people to record numbers, and or to start confiscating some of your pension plans. That's my only hope. Now, you might say, Arif, what do you mean hope? Because other than that, it will be pure chaos. There is no reason. It's a math problem. We are at $400 billion in commitments in a pension system that is unsustainable. Can't work. Doesn't work. There is no money. It isn't going to happen. I get it. You're a teacher. They promised you. You work 37 years. I understand. I feel bad for you. Next. Look, your union is the one that voted for these people. Not me. Right? I I get it. You're a government worker, the the Clerical Workers Association of uh, Southern L.A. County, whatever. You guys voted for these people. They're the ones that are going to mess up the system. Instead of somebody getting in there and saying, okay, I'm going to be the adult in the room here. It's nice that we want more stuff for our members. We just can't afford it. Instead of picking uh, the, the carcass clean here, let's make sure the animal can survive. Well, I'll get a piece forever. But why is it people are grabbing, you know, a vase and the deck chairs and, and uh, you know, the Renoir and Picasso on the wall as the ship is sinking, right? I don't know why they're doing that. It's, it's their deal. 
So I think right now, your 401k, your retirement plans that are pre-taxed, at least if you choose to stay in California, you have to discount it a little bit. You have to say, that's nice that I have a million dollars in the account or a hundred thousand, whatever. I'm not going to be able to take it. I'm not going to be able to live on it all. I think California is going to have to raise its income tax. We are already at 13%. I think you're going to have to see it at 15%. I think if you work for a place that has a pension, they're going to have to raise that to 12 or 15%. That's about 30%, one third of every dollar you're going to make. Why do you think they're pushing minimum wage? Do you you know that? They're pushing minimum wage increases. So there's more dollars to be taxed. That's it. So there's more dollars that go in Medicare. So there's more dollars that go in Social Security. Do you know that? Because if I make 200000 a year and you make 30000 a year, the maximum that goes into Social Security is about a hundred and oh, I don't know, about $140,000 worth of income, right? But if they shift some of my income from me as the business owner to you, the employee, so you now make 40, you make 50, and I make 150, how much goes into Social Security? Very simple, 50 plus 120, 170 now, right? So, so in other words, their job is to, is to manipulate the wages by pushing more money into people paying more taxes. Look at the number that those folks will take home. It isn't the same amount. This is your money, you guys. Any 401k options, any rollovers that you'd like, if I can help you, that's my pleasure. It'd be my honor. We never forget this is your money. You want to know if you're working with a, an advisor who thinks this money is his and, or hers instead of yours? Give him a call and tell him you want to move it or you're thinking about it. See how angry they are because you're taking their monthly paycheck. Folks, this was money you earned, not them. We never forget that. Thanks for joining us. I'm Eric Hallaby. You're listening to the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. You can always give us a call at 888-997-3847. And believe it or not, you can go online. They got this thing called the internet now. TFSWealth.com, www.tfswealth.com. Thanks for listening. Join me next week at the same time for your place for news, talk, and information. This is AM870 The Answer, and I'm Eric Hallaby on the Total Financial Hour. Have a great week. The Total Financial Hour is brought to you by Total Financial Solutions. 